Welcome to the Golf Life Alberta podcast with your hosts, Leo Bathgate-Snethin and Darren Krause. Hey everybody, welcome to Season 1, Episode 10 of the Golf Life Alberta podcast. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GolfLifeAB and on our website at GolfLifeAB.com. I'm your host, Leah Bathgate-Snethin, here with my co-host, Mr. Darren Krause. Hey, Darren. Hey, Leah. Mr. We're getting a little formal again. You can just call me Darren. You know, it was funny. I was listening back to a few of the podcasts, and like every time we've done the AGT hot seat and whatnot, too, I keep calling people Mm -hmm. Mr. and Ms., so apparently I'm just... Getting into golf mode, I I don't know, maybe that's... You, you realize most of them are your friends, I and know. you can just address them by their first name. Hey. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, we have a jam-packed show this week. We obviously took last week off because we were both traveling. We tried to do the show, and it just... I don't know. It wasn't as good. So we decided we were going to wait and post a really good one this week for you. Um, So we're going to catch up. Probably a good decision. I I think so too. We're going to catch up on the PGA and LPGA tours. Uh, And our interview this week is Rob Wilson, who is the owner of VIP Golf. Um, So we'll teach you a little bit about that if you haven't heard about it. And of course the AGT hot seat. We have a non-A flighter this time. Should be good. Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, So Darren, you were in Cuba for a little amount of time, weren't you? Yeah, I was in Cuba. It was a great trip. Uh, Thanks to you. You booked it, of course, being a travel agent. Uh, We were there for a week. We were with some friends and you and I have chatted about this uh, a little bit. And I mean, Cuba's Cuba. It was great. You got the sun, you got the sand, you, you have everything, free flowing alcohol, We went with this same couple four years ago, and it was a great trip then. It was adults only at that point. And I think the mistake we made this time, Leah, was that we thought we were going to get the same adults only type trip, but we brought kids. Yeah. So that was our (laughs) first mistake, was thinking that we were just going to be, you know, 24-7 in some sort of a drunken state. We kind of rate it by the number of Cubas. One Cuba's like, eh, not so bad. Four Cubas is like pretty close to blackout Uh but so yeah there were no real four cuba nights so but but you know what all in all it's cuba we had a great time and i i wouldn't trade it for for anything in the world and of course the kids had an amazing time as well well really that's what matters right Mm -hmm. especially on a family trip like that for sure and of course you were also away um riding the rails going back to uh, old school 1800s type travel hey Yeah it was kind of a bucket list uh situation Yeah that's cool Like you said I'm a travel agent now so we get to do these things called FAMs which is short for familiarization mm-hmm. trips so um obviously out there is there's the Rocky Mountaineer and they they take you by rail from Vancouver to Calgary. And in between, you can go to either Kamloops, Jasper, Banff, etc. Uh, and right. it's a pretty, pretty cool experience. So, yeah, I spent a week doing that. So that was a lot of fun. And now I'm all educated and I can sell <laughs> other people these bucket list train trips. That's awesome. And you saw some good sights along the way? Oh, yeah. I mean, where that railroad goes through the mountains is is just unreal. And it's, I mean, you get a, a decent view when you drive that highway, but it's nothing like what mm-hmm. you can get from the railroad. Yeah, I imagine. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So what else is on the go? Oh, well, uh, golf courses were finally open when I got home, so that was nice. 
I've only played one and round I hear, so far. Yeah, and I hear it was pretty good. I mean, you were bragging before the show about it. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners? Okay, well, you know what? I'm bragging, and Cody's kind of hinted that, oh, I'm surprised you haven't told the world about it, but here I am telling the world about it. <laughs> I don't play rounds of golf like this very often, so I'm sorry, not sorry, if I'm super excited about it. Um, usually when I'm when I play this well... I'm playing alone and so everyone's like oh yeah right so I actually my dad was in town so we golfed with him and Cody and Tyler and played uh, at Drayton Valley which is normally a course that I can't even break 90 on and it frustrates me it's the front nine's a little long from the red tees for for me Mm -hmm. even and I hit a, a decent ball but I just I don't know what it is about that course but I can never seem to play well there Except for on Sunday. <laughs> and so how well did you shoot, Leah? Uh, well, I went 40-38 for a 78. And yes, par Ooh. 72. Uh, I had three birdies in there. And by the... I'm just looking at my scorecard here. By the 13th hole, even 11, uh, pars were starting to feel disappointing because my approach shots were so close. <laughs> I mean, the greens were aerated, so you couldn't necessarily trust the roll of the greens. And, and if right, they right. weren't being affected by the aeration holes, they were being affected because they were super shaggy still because they can't really cut them too low right now with temperatures yeah. at night. So, I mean, I was super excited. So I, I feel like maybe I should just throw in the towel for the year and, and call my 78 my, my round of the year and just leave it at that. <laughs> Well, I I don't think you can do that. In fact, I think now um, minimum B flight, I think, when you play in tournaments this year. And if you keep shooting those low scores, uh, we'll probably see you in the A flight. So just, you know, prep yourself mentally for that. You know, I'm probably not going to end up playing anything. Maybe Drumheller. That's usually the one that I'll, I'll give myself a pass on. But and and even if you do, since you are the president, you can kind of you can kind of mix things around. You probably just put yourself as a sandbagger in the sea flight anyways, right? You know what? I usually go in the sea flight and I almost always shoot either a 92 or 93, which is like not a very good score for me because I'm about an 11, 12 handicap somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I don't play turn. I don't have the mental game. I need help from Todd. <laughs> well, speaking of Todd, you know, great, uh, great lead in there. I actually did spend some time with Todd last week. And you know what? I'll kind of throw that into my first round of the year but I went in with Todd you know we had arranged something after he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and I'll tell you what Leah it was like mind-blowing experience I went in there thinking oh he's gonna take a look at my swing you know throw me on the track man get me to hit a few balls give me a few pointers well it was anything but and I mean it was my first experience with Todd and It was just information, information, information. And he said, well, you know what? Part of this lesson is to figure out where your golf IQ is and to kind of keep going as long as you're willing to eat it up. And so we were going through different shots. And, you know, the the only thing we really fixed was my grip and how I bring my hands back and my hand position. So those were the only technical things. But I think the most important thing that he actually taught me was I got to think about my game in a bigger way. By by that, I mean, he kind of explained it as a grid. If you take all of your clubs and all of the, the degrees, you know, that you can open or close the club or the way that you can bring them back and then bring the, the follow through, he said there's like literally tens upon 
tens of thousands of different kinds of shots. And as long as I'm playing down the you know the standard shots with every single club i'm not i'm probably not going to be able to score as well as i'd like so it started getting me to think of all of the different types of shots that i could make in order to get the ball closer play with the wind play against the wind play out of different lies you know all sorts of those those things so when i went to my first round i was trying some of those things um after i went uh bogey triple double I started to get my head around things and started to play more consistently. I mean, I was dealing with creating all of these totally different shots, but also with the new grip change. He changed me to overlap from, from interlock, and I'm not sure you know where people stand on that. But all in all, from the lesson with Todd right through to the transition into my game, uh, I couldn't be happier and I think that I'll actually see a lot of good progress here in the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, and, and grip changes do take some getting used to. I've been through that myself, mm-hmm. and they, they take some time before you're comfortable and confident in your grip and your club face angle with the, with the grip and all that kind of fun exactly. stuff. Exactly. But you know what? For, for anybody who, who is thinking of a lesson, it, it's actually my first lesson that I've probably taken except for, a you know, I, I hesitate to say this, but a drunken lesson with me and Mike Englehart way back 25 years ago <laughs> with a stick in my hand. Anyways, so I mean, I would, I would highly recommend it, whether it's with Todd who, you know, he really worked as a coach for me or whether it's with your local pro. I think there's a real opportunity to learn something about what you're doing with your game that I think could help you along the way. Absolutely. You know, like you speaking about these shop shape or shot shapes, uh, that's something that mm-hmm. I, I kind of had to pull out on one of the holes um, in Drayton. There's this kind of weird hole, number three, if anyone has ever played there before. Um, you kind of have to hit this weird, like, 170-yard shot off the tee, but then you still have 170 or more potentially, even maybe 200 into the green just because of where this landing area is. I, Because of the yardage, I had to hit a club that I typically pull, so I aimed a little right, and wouldn't you know it, just because of the way that I was playing, I hit it straight. And (laughs) so I was kind of blocked out behind some trees. And the only way for me to get to the green was to shape my ball from left to right around these trees. I couldn't go over them. They were too close and too Mm -hmm. tall. Um, And there was water left of the green. So I couldn't hit a shot and just kind of leave it laying out left. So I didn't have a choice. And, And wouldn't you know it? I don't know. I don't know what was going on with my game that day. I hit the exact <laughs> shot that I wanted to hit. But I was telling you right before on the way driving to that round of golf, we listened to Todd's uh, interview on the podcast and we right. kind of prepped our mental game. So maybe that had something to do with it. Or maybe next week <laughs> I can tell some people my secret to playing amazing golf. It's pretty amazing. I hear it is a miracle cure, of course. Um, It only usually happens for for one season at a time, though. Yeah, and for those who aren't able to use your miracle cure, I am going to be posting a couple of the things I learned from Todd on the Golf Life Alberta website at golflifeab.com. Perfect. Looking forward to that one. All right, so let's catch up a little bit um, on the PGA Tour. 
Uh, we've got a few tournaments to kind of talk about because we've got one really mm-hmm. big upcoming one and two that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, lots to talk about on the pro golf circuit. Uh, we won't spend too much time on this, but a couple of weeks ago we had the PGA Zurich Classic and they switched this over to a two-man team format back in 2017 where there are two rounds each of alternate shot and two in best ball. Billy Horschel and Scott Piercy took that one and Afterwards, there was an interesting Golf Digest article, Leah. Uh, I know that you took a look at it when we uh, when we tried to discuss it last week. And what they asked about was whether or not a team format like this should be counted as a PGA Tour win. What do you think? Well, it's tough. You know, um, it, it's kind of similar if we were to compare it to the AGT um, on, mm-hmm. you know, having Drumheller count. And yeah, with sure. us, it, it doesn't. Um, and I mm-hmm. even struggle with how many points I give out at an event like that. Um, also, same right. thing with the MS fundraising tournament, which, by the way, they're almost sold out. We need more players in that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's tough for me, I guess, on, on the operational standpoint to justify a, a partner event as an, an official win. Now, mm-hmm. I read in that article that it doesn't count towards their world golf rankings and it does not qualify them for a master's exemption. So with those things, like really it right. only pertains to the FedEx Cup in the PGA Tour that specific year. So, I mean... I I can see that. What about you? You know, I I agree with a lot of what you're saying. However, at the end of the day, I do think that the golfers still need to make the shots, whether it's an alternate shot. Um, I mean, if Billy Horschel yanks one into the bush on the left, then Scott Piercy's got to try and get him out into a good position where they can still make par or or, or possibly score. So it really is a different mindset when you're playing in these two-man tournaments because you know your game. You know that your tendency is going to be to maybe put it out on the right, maybe block your drive. So you know you're at least going to have a good angle to the left. But when when Horschel's tendency maybe is to is to pull it a little bit to the left, well, Piercy's got to be in a totally different headspace in order to deal with that. Now, where it gets a little bit of Uh, a little bit of gray for me is in the best ball. Of course, you're choosing the best score out of the two golfers on any given hole. One golfer could score a double bogey and another golfer could score birdie. And of course, you're going to take the birdie for that. That's where it does get a little bit of gray for me. But shot for shot, this is still a win. And for me, it's not a lot different than something like the Stableford system where they don't penalize you for for great big holes um, and you have a point scoring system as opposed to your your regular stroke play. So, you know, I guess ultimately I would probably side on the it's okay to be a win. So, I mean, they are still playing golf and, you know, they got to make the shots to win. So I think it's I think it's still good. That's fair. Um, and then I guess this past weekend we had the Wells Fargo, which was the return of the big cat to the PGA Tour. Yeah, it was. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't take Jason Day down. It's nice to see Jason Day back in the winner's circle. I watched most of Saturday's round. Uh, not too much on Sunday, as I had some some things on the go. But as I watched the later holes on on Saturday and I saw Jason Day hitting the ball really, really well, kind of that old swagger about him that he had when he was winning a little bit more and he was the number one golfer in the world, he gained the lead and I, and, and I kind of got the feeling that he was going to come out the winner there. And sure enough, on Sunday, he stayed consistent and uh, took the... 
uh, took the Wells Fargo Championship. So it was really nice to see. Yeah, him. his second win of the year. So that was awesome. Yeah, and and Tiger Woods did have a pretty decent showing. Um, I think he's prepping for, um, of course, the Players Championship this weekend, which we'll get to, um, but also for the upcoming U.S. Open as well. Yeah, absolutely. And he made the cut. So, I mean, really, uh-huh. at this point, I'm just happy for Tiger when he makes the cut. It's good for golf, yeah. and it's good for him. Yeah, no one likes the to see the old Tiger when he was trying to make his comebacks, trying to make his comebacks, you know. When he was shooting, you know, 76s, 77s, 78s, or, or withdrawing, and you kind of got the pouty tiger. I don't think anybody really liked that, and people got down on him. But now that they see this resurgence, the new focus, uh, you're right. It's great to yeah, see. absolutely. We had a, a former world number one win on the LPGA, too, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Lydia Ko. It's been a couple of years. I think, actually, I was reading just today that it was 43 tournaments that she played in in between wins and her last win interestingly enough was the Mediheal Championship hmm. before she did win the Mediheal Championship uh just a, a couple of weeks ago now so and she did it in dramatic fashion Leah so it was on a par 5 in a playoff hole uh, against Minji Lee and her first or her first shot you know right in the middle of the fairway it was a it was a great tee shot but she hit her second shot 235 yards to within inches of the hole to score an eagle. Now, I mean, 235 yards, even for a drive on the LPGA, is a pretty good whack. So for her to hit the second shot in and hit it as accurately as she did, uh, what a fantastic way to to win and to get back in the winner's circle. Yeah, it's awesome. Congratulations to her. And then this past weekend, we had the Volunteers of America Texas Shootout, correct? Yes, we did. And Sung Hyun Park shot a four-day total of minus 11. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a good win for her. I think uh, she had a great 2017 season winning the U.S. Women's Open and that sort of thing. Um, I haven't kept track of how she's doing so far this year. Um, but, I mean, she stayed pretty consistent over the past couple of years, so it's nice to see her get that win. And Brooke Henderson, uh, although she was eight shots back, she did still finish tied for 23rd. So, you know, some good, consistent golf, and I'm sure it's only a matter of time again before Brooke Henderson gets back in the winner's circle. Oh, for sure. I mean, she just had that win a few weeks ago, so um, yep. good to see her That's always right. making the cut for the most part, too. Mm-hmm. And the players. And so now we've got the players upcoming this weekend, and you pointed out to me some of the absolutely amazing tea pairings for the first day. Oh my god I haven't really had time to pay too much attention to golf lately so right before we recorded I figured I'd look up some of the news that's come out about the players and I noticed that these tea times were released and I went from being like "Eh, I haven't really watched golf in a couple weeks I don't really care to being super excited about this oh my god so we have the big one is Tiger Mm -hmm. Phil and Ricky. I love that pairing. What do you think of that one? Uh, well, it, it doesn't get any better, right? I mean, you've got you've got young and old, you've got some of the most popular players in all of golf. You got Phil, you got Tiger, and and honestly, this might be a, a point of 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 discussion, but Ricky out of all the young guys probably the most popular uh amongst the young people who are watching golf today. Absolutely. Some other notable pairings. 
We've got Jordan, Justin, and Rory, which I thought was pretty awesome. Another good one. That is like that is like the three, like the top three young players in golf today. Oh, and um, my Gary Woodland is playing with Canadian Mackenzie <laughs> Hughes. Sorry, I'm just scrolling through everything here now. Forgive <laughs> my little fangirling. Um, also, ah, where was it? Adam Hadwin has a really good group. Hadwin is with Scott Piercy, recent winner, and Nick mm-hmm. Watney. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Nick Watney had a great showing last he week uh, as well. So he's playing with, and, and I mean, Hadwin's playing some great golf. So we've got three golfers there who are, who are kind of on the rise here with their game lately. And one more. I'm going to point this one out because uh, mm-hmm. none of these are are Americans or Canadians for that matter, but all very popular and great golfers. J-Day, Henrik, and Sergio. Oh, wow. They're really pulling out all the stops. Well, I mean, I guess it is the Players' Championship and you are going to get the cream of the crop uh, because it is the Players' Championship. So you usually get the top players in the world competing in that Yeah, one. and I mean, like, here's another one. Billy Horschel, Brant Snedeker, Matt Kuchar. Love that. Daniel Berger, Tony Finau, Charles Schwartzel. Like all of these Mm -hmm. groups are just, I'm super, super pumped to watch this tournament now. But which one is your eye really going to be on besides Gary Woodland? Which probably won't get any air time. (laughs) He won't get any TV time. Um, (laughs) I'm equally split between uh, Tiger, Phil, and Ricky, and then the Justin, Jordan, Rory. Yeah, you know what? I, I would have to agree. No no discussion to be had there. It'll be a oh, good yeah. one. Um, do you have any picks? You know what? Probably the player. And you know what? I haven't even checked to see if he's in the field, so you might have to uh, correct me. But someone else who's playing some really great golf these days is Paul Casey. Been consistent, I would say, top 10, top 15 in his last probably three or four tournaments, except for the one where he missed the cut right after um, the last major at the Masters. So, I mean, he has been playing some good golf. I'd really like to see Paul Casey All win. Right. He is in there. He's playing with Russell Knox and Alex Noren. My my pick, I called this, I believe this is when we were talking to Todd. And I know this isn't an official major, but this is another step. And he's won it before and has always played very well. I'm going to pick Ricky. Ooh, Ricky. Yes, I remember. This was the tournament where the Sports Illustrated article, I, th- I think it was Sports Illustrated at the time, they do their annual survey of golf professionals. It's anonymous. And he was ranked as the most overrated, overrated player in the game of golf. And then went out and won. And what does he do? He comes out and he wins the Players' Championship. Yeah. So perhaps there's a repeat in the cards for Ricky. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. He's been playing really well, so he deserves it. Next up, we have Chip Shots, brought to you by Callaway Golf. Finally, we have turned the corner weather-wise, Leah. We have nice temperatures, like at plus 20 degrees all over Alberta. Courses are ready, and it's really nice to see. Our first tournament location, Stewart Creek, it is in the mountains out in Canmore there. So it's set to open the range on May 11th, and the course is open May 16th. So it will be just in time for our tournament. Now, Leah, are there still spots open for that first major of the year on the AGT? Well, I looked right before we recorded the podcast so I could give an accurate representation mm-hmm. of this. I see that you finally registered for that one. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, we have only six spots left in that tournament we are down to six so if you guys want to register i would get on it right away because we do have a lot of last minute people that will be trying to get in so 
So next up, we have National Golf Day. So Golf Canada announced that it's going to have its first ever National Golf Day. It's slated for May 29th, and, and part of it is to bring awareness to the public and, interestingly enough, politicians about the positive impact golf has on health, the economy, and as evidenced by donations made during such tournaments as the Shaw Charity Classic, it has a massive impact on charities. Now, Leah, I'm not sure if you want to get too much into this today. I love the idea of National Golf Day. I mean, I don't think you can dispute some of the benefits. But I guess where I have the issue is this is a nice and and warm and cozy, you know, media blitz, you know, to get a little bit of awareness. But I think the major stumbling blocks are still standing in the way if we ever want to get more people in golf. And that's cost and the amount of time it takes to play a game of golf. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, You know, there is actually, you're starting to see some 12-hole golf courses open up. You know, some Mm -hmm. people aren't finding nine holes long enough. And actually, interesting enough, on the weekend when we were playing in Drayton, uh, pretty much everyone that played in front of us only played nine holes. And this is like prime time on a Sunday morning. So. I mean, obviously, at a smaller town course like Drayton, they allow things like that. But I know that some of these bigger courses closer to the bigger centers would never, ever allow nine-hole play in prime time on a weekend because then it leaves the back half of their course wide open and they're losing revenue that way, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's interesting, too. The other point, um, you know, you mentioned that also uh, this is bringing awareness to politicians. It has been a huge sticking point. Um, with a lot of businesses, a lot of business is done on a golf course. And Absolutely. I would say more so than, say, taking some clients to a hockey game because that's so loud, you can't really talk the whole time. Whereas with golf, like mm-hmm. you can essentially have a four and a half hour meeting and and actually close some deals on the golf course. However, businesses are not allowed to write off golf and they can write off hockey games, for example. So that's mm-hmm. another big sticking point, I think. Yeah. Let's also not forget, you know, Golf Canada and and, and all the golf associations uh, around the world have also, I mean, we've, we've got the new rule changes coming in. A lot of those are meant to help speed up the game, especially for recreational rounds. So, I mean, ideally, it would be nice to get a good game of, of 18 holes in right at that four-hour mark. Now, I know that we were, like my dad and I, we were able to play 18 holes in uh at river's edge in twilight um and we were able to do that in about three hours and 45 minutes but you know that's not your average foursome and it was at twilight so we've still got to work a little bit harder because i know there are days where sometimes at river's edge or any other golf course you get backed up on a weekend and it's a five and a half hour trek and i don't think anybody really has time for that kind of thing. no but you know what the other problem is with that and you know some golf course operators think that filling their tee sheet as much as possible is is their way to bring in revenue. The problem is when you're mm-hmm. working in these seven-minute intervals, you're not even leaving enough time on the tee for these people to create enough space in between each other to comfortably play right. that round of golf without waiting on every shot. So when you're, you're shoving people out in these seven-minute intervals, that's what's creating... I mean, don't get me wrong, there are also slow golfers. But I also know mm-hmm. that some of these golf courses are trying to get so many people on the golf course at once that they're actually creating a six and a half hour round because of the way mm-hmm. that they have set up their tee sheet. 
Right. I think we've talked about it. I'm not sure if we talked about it on the podcast before, but there's one, actually I'll name them, Stony Plain. Uh, it's it's our first time going there. And so we don't right. have a prior relationship or anything like that. But immediately when I had asked if we could book a tournament there, he said, listen, I'm just going to rearrange my tee sheet. We're going to put you out in 10 minute intervals so that we can have a more appropriate pace of play for the entire tournament. He changed oh, his, his intervals just for our tournaments so that we could actually play in 420 possibly. Right. So I thought that was awesome. Well, you know what? We could probably spend an entire show <laughs> on this topic. And maybe we should. Maybe that would be a great discussion to get Wes Gilbertson of Post Media in on as yep. well. And uh, I think we're still going to do that uh, round and live show from a course here in the near future. Yeah, he is on a fam right now himself, I believe, in Ireland. Oh, nice. So he's not back yet. <laughs> That's why we're not playing Boy, with oh boy. <laughs> that, it, it must suck to it be Wes Gilbertson be West. right yes. now. All right, so just to finish up chip shots here, uh, it's definitely worth noting that Brett Hogan of Calgary finished tied for 23rd with a minus six last week to secure his conditional status on the McKenzie Tour. So we've got a number of Canadians and actually a couple of Albertans who qualified this year. So uh, congrats go to Brett Hogan. Awesome, good work, Brett. That was Chip Shots brought to you by Callaway Golf. All right, on this interview coming up today, actually, this interview kind of stemmed from an answer from last week's, uh, or I guess two weeks ago's AGT hot seat uh, with Clem Lazo. Mm -hmm. And actually, Clem has been a VIP golf member, he said, since their second year in operation. I found out from Rob, they've been in operation for 14 years now. So, like, Clem is one of the OGs in, in VIP golf, so he got in right at the ground level. Yeah, he is a, just just like the AGT as well. He That's just true. likes to get in on those startups. So uh, <laughs> I had the opportunity, actually last week while I was in Banff, um, I had the opportunity mm-hmm. to go to Rob's office in Banff. What a terrible place to have your office, right? And um, oh, yeah, awful. I got to interview him in person and here's some more information on VIP golf. All right, everybody, we are here with the founder, owner of VIP Golf, Rob Wilson. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks a lot. How is everyone doing today? <laughs> There's nobody here. There's no one here. There's nobody here. Yeah. No, no, one, no one's listening to you right now. All right, so Rob, tell us a little bit about VIP Golf. How long has it been around? Uh, this is our 14th year in operation. We started uh, in Western, or started in uh, Banff, Alberta, Calgary. Our first year, we had 13 courses. We now have over 100 courses that our members have uh, access to to play. Wow, that's awesome. So for anyone who has not heard of VIP Golf or not been a member before, can you just explain the premise behind what a VIP Golf membership entails? Sure. Membership, uh, VIP Golf membership is uh, basically it's a private membership club that's geared towards the avid player, someone that's looking to play between 20 to 50 rounds a year. Um, it's a program that offers the ability for our, our members to play where they want, when they want, and however many times they want. It's not uh, necessarily like a coupon or a Groupon where you can use it once over and then it's done. Um, you purchase our membership, uh, you're part of a private club, and you can play as much as you want. So what kind of courses do the members have access to? Well, it's a good question. Uh, we gear the, the membership towards all types of players. We offer uh, every type of course there is. 
basically in the spectrum we have um, pri private courses, public courses, resort courses, uh, anywhere from <clears throat> Uh, places like the Banff Springs, which is uh, in the top five in, in Canada, all the way down to your, your rural courses, um, you'll find just, uh, you know, outside the cities. So, yeah, the VIP golf membership, actually, a lot of Alberta Golf Tour players use that as their membership because it allows them to play around um, in so many places. And especially, you know, I think the majority of the courses that we play our tournaments at, you have the VIP golf membership at, so they can play some practice rounds for really good prices. Are you continuing to add courses to your offering every year? We always try to add as many courses as we can throughout the, throughout the year, um, definitely year to year. You made a good point there. It is um, the membership is it's a great tool for an avid golfer to um, really get out and kind of challenge themselves. There's plenty of uh, I have plenty of experience playing in a, a home club here, and I know when I play myself the same course over and over again, I get um, I get pretty good at it. But the real test comes is when you play different courses and you play them often. Uh, it can really improve your game. And do you have any memberships remaining for the 2018 season, or is everybody kind of out of luck for this year? No, we have a, a few memberships left. We're about 90% sold out in Alberta. Uh, due to the late start, we do have a, uh, a few left. We're usually sold out by this time, but we do have, have um, some still available. So I'm expecting them to go probably by uh, this weekend if the weather uh, stays the way it's going to stay. It looks pretty good. All right, everybody, if you need a membership, get on it. I guess one last question outside of regular tea time play do you have any other events for your members to take part in yeah we do offer special events through the year we offer um, what we call member guest events is um, one thing that comes to mind <clears throat> those are basically they allow our members to bring uh, as many guests as they like at uh, select golf courses in Alberta we have one coming up on May 21st at the Banff Springs we have a 9 a.m. shotgun and they're very popular um, our members get to bring uh, you know Maybe as someone that doesn't play as much and is not a member, but gets them out uh, for a day on the course um, and a great course at that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, I know you have your member guest days kind of mostly in the mountains, Banff Springs, Stewart Creek, uh, those sort of courses, right? They are. We do hold some in the, in the city, uh, both Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, we hold some um, uh, this year. I think we have a couple at Red Tail Landing up in Edmonton, Goose Hummock. Uh, we're looking for maybe one at Northern Bear. Down in Calgary, we're looking at the Hamptons for definitely one. Uh, possibly Cottonwood, and perhaps uh, River Spirit. Awesome. Uh, well, it's been awesome kind of working in partnership with VIP Golf the last couple of years. So uh, we'll be sure to pass along any information that you may have, some some good opportunities for tee times to our players to maybe get out on some tracks and play some golf and maybe practice where they wouldn't normally be able to and test out the VIP Golf. Well, thanks very much, Leah. Appreciate you having me here. Great interview, Leah. Uh, I had heard of VIP Golf in the past, uh, but I didn't have very much information on it. I know a couple of weeks ago, or uh, last week when you and I were talking about it, I thought it was a little bit more like a, a, a loyalty program, you know, but it is a, it, it is just a more of a straight-up membership-type program yep. uh, where you get the opportunity to play uh, a lot of golf courses, and I think that's uh, it's a really cool setup for sure. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like he said, it's really great for that person who's going to play 20 to 50 rounds of golf. You know, buying a membership at a golf course really restricts you to that one golf course. But it's great if you are going to play more than 50 rounds of golf because then your your yeah, price sure. per round goes down. Um, but yeah, like he mm -hmm. said, this is perfect for that 20 to 50 round per year mark.
Well, next up, we have the AGT hot seat. So you requested last week um, that we perhaps talk to a D-flighter and perhaps one of the female D-flighters. So let's round out the whole AGT hot seat experience. It's so funny. Like all these hot seats are really bringing out rivalries. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's great. Actually, if anyone has been paying attention to our Twitter feed, um, we've had uh, Mr. Ryan O'Neill, who has literally never played a tour event yet. He not, not once, once. Not once. He came with us to Phoenix, and now he's called out the entire tour before he's even been to one event. So I'm liking where this well, is going. Well, Ryan, my game is getting in shape, buddy, and we might be in the same flight. So now I'm calling you out. Well, you know what? He's a three right now, but I'm interested to see oh, okay. what it happens to his handicap once he plays in a couple of uh, actual tournaments <laughs> and not at the quarry all the time. Oh, and of course, Leah, it's a great opportunity for us to promo Ryan's new column. He's going to be writing weekly for us on the website with his opinions on the upcoming tournaments. I know the first one is a real hoot, and I'm sure all of our readers will enjoy it. So go to golflifeab.com. I can't just promo my own stuff, so I got to include Ryan's again, golflifeab.com. We have the person that you can probably hear laughing on the golf course four holes over, (laughs) Ms. Teresa Gregg. All right, everybody, we are on the AGT hot seat, and today we are talking to Ms. Teresa Gregg. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Thank you, Leah. So... Um, if you haven't heard the hot seat before, I'm going to ask you a series of kind of rapid fire questions and you're going to answer them and that's pretty much it. Are you ready? Sounds good. Ready. All right. Where are you from? I am from the big metropolis of Big Valley, Alberta. (laughs) Uh, how long have you been playing on the ATT? I can't tell you the exact number of years, but since it's inception, (laughs) <laughs> yes. Uh, what flight do you play in? I play in the D flight. Can you tell us or try or even pick your top two or three, uh, your favorite AGT moments? Uh, that's really hard. <laughs> I just like the whole thing about the AGT. Like the, 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 the people that you meet, the courses you get to play, the... Yeah, I've just met so many new people, new friends, like new courses. I love the whole thing about it. Fair enough. Actually, um, for those who don't know what the D-flight means, can you tell people kind of where your handicap ranges between? Uh, yeah, my handicap usually ranges around the 22 mark. When I started, it was uh, in the 30s, probably low 30s. I um, The thing I like about it is it makes me feel like I'm, I'm playing some competitive golf, even though I'm a high handicapper. And it's it's treated as such. Yeah, absolutely. So I hear you recently got professionally fitted and got some new golf clubs for the first time ever. Why don't you tell us what you got? I did, and I am so happy that I did that. I got some tailor-made irons, and um, I got a Callaway Rogue driver, and they got fitted for me by a um, professional fitter. And I, like you said, I've never had that done before, and I can't believe the difference in how they feel. I'm still working on them, you know, getting out the kinks and stuff like that. But I've always bought kind of someone else's clubs off of them when they've got new clubs. 
so it's exciting for me. Awesome. Looking forward to some lower scores for you this year. I hope so. Uh, what was your favorite part of the waste management trip we took this year? Oh, again, there was lots of favorite. It was nice to go. I really enjoyed the experience um, going to on the Saturday. I did find it a little overwhelming. Yes, <laughs> I wasn't absolutely. expecting that many people. It was neat to get within like a foot of Phil. <laughs> I was excited. Yes. <laughs> I guess the, the big thing is is that it's such a different experience instead of just watching it on TV. I, I, I'll admit it, I don't watch a lot of golf on TV, but I just the whole atmosphere of it was just exciting. It was fun. And our rounds of golf were pretty good, too. They were a lot of fun. <laughs> and and we, I got to golf with people that I don't normally get to golf with because they're in different flights than I am. Right. So that was nice, too. You know, because I, on a normal tournament tour, like, I don't get to play with them. Yep, for sure. What is your favorite golf course of all time? Gotta be Jasper. Hmm. Just love it out there. Love the whole atmosphere. The people out there are absolutely amazingly accommodating. Mm -hmm. um, can't do enough for you. Yeah, that's probably the best one of the whole year. Do you prefer driving or chipping? Driving if I can get my driver to work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I know the answer to this one. Phil or Tiger? Phil! <laughs> that's not even a question. I'm okay. going to get my hand slapped over that one, but that's okay. It's Phil. Hey, I'm on board with you. Uh, if you <laughs> had $10 million to wager on someone making a 10-foot putt, who would you choose? In our tour or professionally? Uh, either, either or. We've had both answers. <laughs> No, there you go. If I would say someone would make a 10-foot putt, i I, I got to go back to Phil. Phil. Yeah, I think Clem actually picked Phil last week, too. I was a little surprised by that one. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and finally, our favorite question of the hot seat, who is your AGT rival? Hmm, that's a really hard one because I don't really think I have one. I mean, everybody's a rival depending on the tournament, right? Yeah, so come on, come on, Teresa. <laughs> my biggest rival is me trying to get my game better. <laughs> come on, you have to call somebody out. Oh, okay, you know what? I'll call out Ayaz because he won the D flight championship last year. He did. He might be moving to the so, C flights. You may not have to deal with him. Well, there you go. <laughs> like I say, I'll, I'll call out the champion. There you go. That's that's a safe answer. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us today, Teresa, on the AGT Hot Seat. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Leah. Have a great day. You too. That was an awesome AGT Hot Seat. You know, you can you can just hear it in Teresa's voice. She's probably one of the most wonderful people to play with on the golf course. Always positive, always talking, never in your backswing, but always talking, always just so upbeat. I really enjoy playing golf with Teresa. I've had the occasion to do that uh, probably three or four times now, um, and I would play with her anytime. And she called out Ayaz. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. It took a little poking and prodding for her to say that, but I knew she'd come out with yeah, a, a name it at did. least. It, it did take a little bit of poking and prodding, but you know what? <laughs> That's what we're all about. We're, 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 we're getting these rivalries out there, so... Uh, so people, when they see each other on the golf course and give them the eye, you know, 
and uh, and we get a little bit of uh, sparks going out on the golf course this year. Well, I think Ayaz is actually, uh, if I remember correctly, maybe he didn't actually request this. Maybe I requested it in my own head, but I think that he has asked to play in the C flight from now on. Um, his The problem was his handicap fluctuated a lot. Right. So he actually probably played half of his events this year in the C flight, half in the D flight. Funny story about Ayaz, last year we ran a promotion with VIP Golf mm-hmm. because Rob had tried to do some tournaments and he kind of came to me and said, you know what, Leah, I do memberships well and you do tournaments well. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just kind of promote each other? I said, that Perfect. sounds like a great idea. And Ayaz was one of the VIP Golf members that decided he would start playing the AGT. And as you know from last year, he ended up at almost every single event yep, and absolutely. ended up winning the D-Flight at championships. So it was nice to get a new player that way too. Yep. Well, uh, we promise we are, I don't think we're, we're traveling. I mean, it's getting into golf tournament season here. So like, obviously I'm traveling, but I will always have my podcast microphone and my portable internet with me. So I don't think we're going to miss any more shows. Have right? microphone, will travel. <laughs> exactly. Uh, thanks again to Rob Wilson of VIP Golf and, of course, Teresa Gregg for sitting in the AGT hot seat this week. Uh, very excited to watch golf this weekend. We'll be back next week to talk about the players. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll have a new hot seat and a new interview next week. And I'm going to go hit some balls, Leah. Give her. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GolfLifeAB. And check out the website and Darren's tips from Todd at GolfLifeAB.com. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. You've been listening to the Golf Life Alberta podcast.